0: The Stage Door Show, celebrating the independent artist, with your host, Dave Hondell.
1: Hi everybody, welcome to The Stage Door Show tonight. This is Dave Hondel. Uh Very excited about tonight's guest. Um, I can't say enough about him. I've been a fan of his work ever since I can remember and I'm just I'm so honored to have him on the show. So please welcome Mr. Jim Brickman. Jim, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, it's our pleasure. You know, Jim, I saw you grew up in Ohio. And I guess my first question is, at what point when you were growing up, did you become interested in making music?
0: Yeah, I, I grew up in Cleveland, suburb of Cleveland, called well, Shaker Heights. And I was, um, I was not from a musical family. And so there wasn't actually a lot of music around. You know, a lot of times you hear that, you uh, know, a lot of my friends or contemporaries where they say, oh, music filled the house. And so it was just part of my world as I grew up. And for me, that wasn't the case. It was something that I discovered on my own. It was um, I was just drawn to it. We didn't have a piano, didn't have any musical instruments, but. I just, uh, music made me happy, even from being a, even when I was a little kid, just uh, movies, uh, you know, first movie I saw was Mary Poppins, and movies like The Sound of Music, and just these kind of things, especially in the early 60s, when these movie musicals, uh, and there was so much music on television, too, so much, um, so many variety shows, Sesame Street, all these all this influx of of music that not even pop music, but just you know coming from media so so much um was very influential to me, and that's what drew me to uh the piano
1: no I know um speaking of media uh you know drawing your interest in music um at a young age uh did that inspire you i guess to um, create jingles because uh, I know you did jingles at one point. Uh, so is this something that kind of inspired you?
0: Well, I mean, I, I started out as a piano player, and but really, what I am as a songwriter. I think that because I play the piano and I'm known for the piano, um, people don't necessarily they think of me as a p- pianist, piano player, uh, but really, what I am is a songwriter, and that That's not the kind of thing that shows itself at a young young age. It doesn't you know there aren't a lot of like ten year old songwriters, so the path to that tends to be more a an instrument that leads you to becoming a songwriter and so for me, um, once I started writing my own songs as a teenager, it lent itself to writing. At least with me, very uh hooky songs and uh very mainstream poppy sounding things and so that lent itself a lot to commercials because that's what most jingles are is very catchy short pop songs and um and so it was a it was a great thing for me to start doing because it it reflected the kind of uh, talent that I that I was kind of growing into
1: you know Jim how do you draw inspiration to uh, write music is it usually the words first the lyrics or is it a melody that you have in your head what is your process for writing music
0: well you know it's it's funny at different stages of the career it's kind of a different answer because like anything that you do that in your life um, once once you hone it, refine it, and, and it sort of takes on a life of, of its own, 40 years later, your approach to songwriting is different than it was at the beginning. Um, but one of the things that's the most important is at any time, beginning or middle (laughs) is to trust what comes to you and not second guess it all the time. Um, I think that that's, true in any any profession, but especially creatively, um, when you start getting other people's voices in your head or you start second guessing whether you think something is good, not good, um, there's really no such thing as that. It's just what you do or what you don't do. Good is a relative term to how people receive it you know, there's no, there's never such a thing as good and bad. Um, and so, uh, you have to trust what comes to you. And I think I was very comfortable trusting that what came out of me naturally was the, was what defined my, uh, sound and my voice, so to speak. And so Inspiration can come from uh, anywhere. It can come from within. Mm-hmm. It can come from observation of, of other people. Other people's stories uh, can come from uh, places and environments and art and beauty and um, anything that that hits you, like you want to take Take something that you see or hear and turn it into a musical reflection of what you see and hear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said what you said uh, because I think that a lot of younger artists, like uh, our audience that listens to our show, I think sometimes they get um, frustrated if they put something out and it doesn't hit right away or it doesn't get a lot of listens. And I think that, you know, like you said, I mean, you know, music. I think, and art in general is is the beauties in the eyes, you know, of the beholder, and in this case, the ears of the beholder. And I think that, um, I mean, that listenership will get there, and those listens will come. But it's it's just uh, staying true to yourself, right?
0: It's it's also staying the course. You know, you uh, you have to believe that you have something to say that's unique to you, and that isn't a copycat thing or or that you're doing it for the right reason, and uh, you know, even if it's not popular right away, uh, the the only way to make it successful in the long run is to stay with with who you are. You know, for for me, it was started out primarily as solo piano music. It was it was a while until I started adding vocals, but Uh, you know, if I, if the first thing I put out, what didn't hit big, let's say, uh, and then I changed course, then you find yourself always accommodating what you think is, is going to hit as opposed to just doing, you know, standing by what you do and believing enough that in my case, I I play solo piano music that is calming, relaxing, inspirational, romantic, you know, knowing that it is easier to stay on a track. So that if somebody doesn't like it right away, then you say, well, this is me. And, you know, maybe you like the next one in that, in that category of what I've defined myself as, as opposed to me saying, um, oh, well that, that, Romantic song didn't work, maybe I'll do a rock and roll song if that's not inherently part of who I am then um then I'll never be known as something i'll I'll just be a copycat of other people.
1: Have you ever written music? I know you collaborate with some of the biggest names in music and You know, it's just beautiful um, collaborations that you've had. Do you ever write music uh, with somebody in mind that you think would be great for a vocalist for that particular song?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it all starts with the song itself, for the most part, unless there's an opportunity that comes that is is set up. You know, like um, the. Sometimes an, an opportunity, such and, such and such person would like to do something with you, then it, it has a trajectory to be writing with that person in mind. But for the most part, I write the song that I feel like is the best song for the moment. And then I sometimes hear a, a vocal quality in my mind but that's taken on different, different things. Um, like there's a song of mine, sending you a little Christmas that, um, that I did with a, with a female vocalist in mind, young female pop singer in mind, yeah. and then recorded it that way. And then like I guess 15, 16 years later, um, Johnny Mathis was looking for songs for Christmas, and I sent it, and he loved it and Then it took on a completely different thing when I listen back. I think, "Oh my gosh, he's perfect for it more right. even more so than the original, but i didn't have him in mind when I wrote
1: it you know just some of the some of the videos and some of the concerts i've seen of yours. You know, I think one of my favorites was uh, Donny Osmond's rendition of Love of My Life. And I thought that it was just a natural, uh, he was natural for that song. And and also Wayne Brady, Beautiful, was one of my all-time favorites as well. And so just talk about that a little bit, because I, I think that um, those were two of the most beautiful songs that I've ever heard.
0: Well, again, that's another example of what I was saying. So Love of My Life, when I wrote it, I in my mind I heard like a an everyman of so to speak. Um somebody with a gravelly voice, um like a I in my mind I had like a Brian Adams type of sound and sure. uh I ended up inviting Michael W. Smith to sing it, and that was where I had the hit with it for the right. most part. And then I, I went on um Donnie the Donnie and Marie show when they had that on, uh, their talk show. And, uh, Donnie said, well, why don't I sing this on the show with you? And, uh, he sang it and, and he loved it. And then, uh, I invited him to sing it on one of my TV specials. And that, that was kind of where that came from. It, It grew out of our performing it live. And then uh, we performed it at a at a uh, Children's Miracle Network telethon. It's it grew naturally out of that, as opposed to me taking the song and pitching it to sure. him, sure, to sing. So yeah, he he's so talented. I mean, I can't say enough about him. He toured with me for two years on my holiday tours, and it was he his voice is just perfection.
1: Yeah, it was
0: amazing, and Wayne. You know, I, one of the things that I love to do is to uh, to think outside the box. So, something that isn't an obvious choice, or someone who isn't an obvious choice, uh, like Wayne.
1: Yeah, I, I played that song for several people, and I said, "Guess who? Guess who this is singing this?" They couldn't. They couldn't guess. It's Wayne Brady, and they're. The Comedian? I said, yeah, just amazing voice and just it goes so good with that song and just so beautiful and just amazing. Um, you know, another female uh, collaborators as well with you, just amazing, Valentine and Destiny and, you know, some of those great songs that, that, you, that you've written and, uh, you know, the, the work that you've done. And, and with that extensive career, you know, for our listening audience, I, mean, what, I guess if there was one piece of advice, uh, what would that advice be for somebody just getting started, I guess, in this business?
0: Well again, you know, it's a combination of a couple things. First of all, it, you really have to believe, like I said before, that you have something to share with people that is unique to you. Some a, a voice that comes from you that you have something to say that is unique. Something that um that you're sharing with people, uh, the, the, the choice to do it professionally is a commitment in so many ways. It's a commitment to um, a, a relationship with an audience and, and to serve that audience um, that if you're just doing it for people to clap for you or to tell you you're wonderful, that's um that's a one-way relationship um Mm -hmm. essentially if people don't feel like you're sharing with them and that you're sharing your experiences so that they can relate to what you're doing and then and then take them to um be part of their experience in life something relatable then then it's not then you're not doing it for the right reason um Especially these days where so much of it is about, you know, how many followers do I have? How many people are, quote unquote, applauding me and things like that? That's not a long term uh, objective. Right. Um, the most important thing is is your audience. And the other thing is that it's it's really hard work. The the um, the songwriting is like. The icing and the and the performing is like the um the gravy it's it's like that everything else you do leads towards a thing that you love, but the rest of it the um how much you have to give of yourself and your life um, and how much you have to trade for uh not being around. When there's a event, not being around when there's a party, you know, committing to, uh, to perf- being a great performer, uh, committed to, um, continuing to thrive and to learn and to being open-minded to new experiences. Um, but it is, it's a commitment. It's not something you just do for oh, I think I'll record a song and put it on Instagram and see what happens or TikTok or something. Yeah. It's, um, it's much more of a long-term uh, choice. And, and it's like anything worth having. Um, you have to work really hard at it and you have to know that you give up other things for it.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. You know, I'm glad you said that too. And, and, and I think with the social media world that we're in right now, I know when you started, social media wasn't around. Uh, so everything, you know, was was done by performing live, uh, basically, or on t- television. But now with social media and TikTok, like you mentioned, and, and uh, Instagram, you know, what are your thoughts of, the way things have evolved with uh with the social media world now and and how has that helped you i guess in your your career has it helped you or or is it um is it one more thing i guess that we have to to do to keep up with everything
0: well i mean a couple things the 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 good news about it is that it's a great discovery platform for talented people so it is a an outlet uh for people to be seen who wouldn't necessarily be seen or find a path to an audience so you know the the rediscovery of my music or that sort of thing on some of the social media platforms is i think important it's the way that people um uh get their get their media um however again it's it's like i said before uh it's not sustainable unless you know you you think of it as a long road and not just a quick fix um mm-hmm. that that you turn the initial uh excitement for you or something like that into um a live performance and start to tour where pe- people are actually there something that that builds loyalty and sustainability to the to the career. So um and so streaming has really helped my my music because what I do is so niche and specific, you know, solo piano music. So there now there's an outlet if if you like that, you can listen to a station that all they play is instrumental solo piano. Um so for me it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing in that respect however uh it also uh in my view <laughs> it uh because anybody can do it um there are a lot of people that i feel like um crowd the field mm-hmm. who aren't who aren't at a a level that um that should be considered to be um you know valuable as a as a quality product um when yeah. whenever there's a field of something that everyone can do from their basement then um people who are are amateurs at it um don't have to work that hard to just put something out there so it takes it, it's harder for people to weed through what is quality and um, and what is just uh, entertainment for the moment or funny or cute or something like that. I mean, there's, it's, it's entertaining. It's an entertaining platform, but at a certain point, um, the quality does matter.
1: Absolutely. And, and speaking of that, you know, what, what are your thoughts on the importance of branding, uh, branding yourself, um, obviously the right way, but, you know, I because know some people have teams of people and indie artists many times do this on their own uh, before they, they get to the point where they can have a team. But talk about the importance of branding yourself the right way, because all it takes is one misstep that could really ruin your career, correct?
0: It's not so much a misstep as it is that, again, you, you have to look at what you have. You know, it's almost like you, you write it on, on a sheet of paper or something like that. Um, I have a you know, unique, abil- unique ability to write songs. Um, I have a um, very comfortable stage persona um, that is inviting to people, that, that aligns with what, who I am you know um the brand has to you have to know what the brand is i need to be able when you ask me a question like what is your music like or what are you good at or what should people know about your music uh i have to be able to say it's romantic it's calming it's inspirational it's hopeful uh and it's soothing, let's just say, you know, as, as a handful of adjectives that describe my music. Um, so once you know that, and that that's your path and you stick to it, it's so much easier to brand it because y- you, you understand what it is. And so then, you know, you have to make sure that everything you do, um, is patterned in that, in that category, your look, your style, your, um, approach, your, my, the tone of this interview, the, um, who you are to people and why, you know, the why is the, is it, it's a, it's a question I always say to the people that work with me is why are you doing this? What, what is the reason? that I'm going on your podcast? What is the purpose of touring in a tiny town where you're not making a lot of money? Um, why are you putting out three albums a year? Why are you, you know, it, those things, it's, if you don't know the reason you're doing it, um, you can't answer, you can't be a brand. Because then, you know, like, can I play a rock and roll song? Yes. Can I, um, could I have early in my career um, done choreography, modeled, whatever, you know, that kind of thing? Yes, but those things don't go with the, the trajectory that, that I'm on. So if you don't know why, um, it's like I, I talk about, you know, you're talking about young people. It's like an actor that goes into an audition. And the casting director says, you know, um, tell me about yourself. Well, I can do anything. I can, I can sing rock. I can sing country. I can dance. I can, you know, then the casting director's like, I, I, I don't, you know, yeah. I, I can't leave knowing anything about you just right. because you can do those things right. doesn't, doesn't mean that, that you should. And so branding has to be reflective of of staying the course of who, who you are and how you behave, how you behave. If I got on stage and I was like a maniac, people would be like, well, I don't understand. His music is so calm and, and, and romantic, but he's not like that. So how can that be real or authentic?
1: Now yeah, that makes 100% sense. Uh, you know, speak, venues. We were talking about venues earlier when you're doing your your uh, concerts and your TV specials and so forth. What's your favorite venue that you've ever played? Do you have a favorite, or do you have several?
0: You know, I think for me, the my hometown is the feels the best because it's where I grew up watching people that I admired on the stages that now I'm playing. So there's a, there, there's a feeling of, um, everything from warmth to, uh, confidence to, um, uh, appreciation and gratitude for what I learned by going to these places and having these venues. So in Cleveland, um, you know, there there are so many beautiful performing arts venues. And so whenever I get invited to play there, it's always an honor to be able to do that. Um, but these days there are so many beautiful theaters that um, sometimes I will play even if it's, let's say, smaller than than another theater in a town, but the experience is better for me and for the audience. Um, I feel like at this point in my career is a better choice than doing something for the money or for um, because you can sell more tickets or something like that. Um, At a certain point, you have to still enjoy the experience or you, or you shouldn't do it anymore because people can tell if you're not hundred percent in.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, now speaking of venues, again, uh, you, you have a tour that you're on currently. Um, and for our listeners out there, I mean, I, I know you're playing Helena, Montana coming up, uh, Texas, Annapolis, Maryland, Cleveland, uh, Ohio and Singapore. So talk about your current tour that you're on.
0: There are about 50 dates coming for fall and winter that aren't on sale yet. So you don't see them on my site, but Um, you know, I tour, I don't tour a lot in the summertime, but, uh, but this particular year, there are a handful of completely different experiences. Like you said, Singapore and Jakarta and, um, and Cleveland and Helena, Montana and Texas. It's like, it's sort of all a a little bit all over the place, but I, I do my annual holiday tour every year and uh we even did it last year, and um that is about thirty dates starting thanksgiving to new year's and and again all over the u s with my holiday tour and then in in the fall, I'm doing something really special that's called Brickman across America, and it's a tour of iconic venues and cities that are known for um developing the the developing american music and the origins of some of that music in how it uh how it developed in into the music we know so uh everything from appalachian and bluegrass and and country to rock and and motown and um folk and and the california sound a lot of things that have influenced pop music as as we know it today that um have their origins in you know early american music wow. so we're we're doing that and it's it's a lot of fun so uh we go from appalachia to hawaii uh on this and um and then i'm going to do my version of of um songs that inspired the um the growth of american music
1: that's amazing. Wow. That's, that sounds like an interesting tour and that's something that I would, wouldn't mind going to myself. That's great. Um, Jim, uh, my last question here before we go is, um, I ask this of every, every guest that I have, but when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to remember Jim Brickman? Um, as when, uh, as a performer, as a person, what, what do you want your legacy to be?
0: Well, you know, cr- that I created something that, uh, that affected people in a, in a positive way that made them comfortable, that made, that maybe, uh, that they celebrate with, that they fall in love to, that created a soundtrack for some of the moments in their lives that I got to share something that they could, uh, experience that had a impact on a moment in their lives, you know, a, a wedding song that I wrote that would, that's always going to be yours, um, a calming influence on, on somebody that might be ill or that makes you, makes them feel better uh, because of the power of music and share. It's all about sharing to me and that that music lives on as a, um, as a way for people to, Uh, comfort and heal and celebrate and uh, and to use as a soundtrack to their their life
1: well jim i can't thank you enough again for joining the the stage door show tonight and uh just again a big fan of your music always have been of your career and uh again thank you so much for um the advice that you've given our our audience today and also for taking the time to be on our show so thank you again
0: my pleasure thank you